Hi, uh, this is Ilana Dinner, and Love I am. Hi, this is Ilana Daneman. Uh, I'm a physical therapist, and I am here with um, from Fun and Function. And I am here with Sarah Winter, the founder of Squawk, as well as Joanne Lara, the founder of the Autism Movement Therapy. And uh, Sarah and I are going to be interviewing Joanna today. Joanne, excuse me, today. Uh, and finding out all the exciting things she's been doing. Now, first, I'm just going to tell you just a little bit about myself. Um, I've been a physical therapist for about 25 years. And for about the last 15 years, oh, no, I'm sorry, about 20 years, <laughs> lost track of time there, but I have been developing products for our kids with special needs. So I'm somewhat of a product guru as well as a mother of four children. And um, I'm just excited to be uh, talking to... Joanne today about all the exciting things she's been doing. So I'm going to let Sarah introduce herself, and then I'll tell you a little bit more about Joanne. Hi, guys. Uh, I'm Sarah Winter, and I'm up here in Toronto, Canada. Uh, I'm a classroom aide to kids with ASD, and uh, about two years ago, um, my family and I started building a social space online for kids with autism called uh, Squag.com. And uh, I'm really excited for this interview. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here with both of you today because uh, I'm really passionate about, um, you know, creating social and, and creative opportunities for kids uh, who, who, um, who may not have, have that kind of opportunity in their, in their daily life. So I'm really excited to meet you, uh, Joanne. Mm-hmm. Yep. Great. Uh, nice to meet yep. both of you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, uh, we're both really excited, and I also am just very passionate about integrating uh, the body with the mind, so I can't wait to hear some more about uh, what you've been doing. Um, I just want to make a note that Joanne is the founder of the concept um, of autism movement therapy, which is a whole brain approach to cognitive remapping through movement and music, and we'll hear a little bit more about that, but um Joanne, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about yourself as well as what is autism movement therapy. So if you could answer both those things at once, that would be great. Sure. Um, A little about myself. I have a moderate to severe education specialist credential and taught for 10 years in the Los Angeles Unified School District students with autism, moderate to severe. And I have a master's in moderate to severe multiple disabilities from Cal State Northridge. And I teach at National University where I help design the autism certificate. And I teach online and on ground. And I, I, I love, love, love teaching teachers that are, that are in the classroom and getting their credentials in special education. Mm-hmm. I also founded Autism Movement Therapy, Inc., which is a 501c3. We're a nonprofit. And we deliver movement and music programs to kids with autism and special needs across the globe. And I'm now taking taking it on the road, and I'm actually certifying groups of individuals in how to how to how to how to have a, a movement and music program in their community, their classroom, their school setting. I just came from Herkimer, New York, which is in the middle of kind of upstate New York, where I certified 80 people, and it was amazing. That's the largest group of people that I've actually certified at one time. It's a two-day certification, and it's a six-hour each day. It's a 12-hour autism movement therapy certification, but it was very rewarding, a huge group. We worked collaboratively, and there's already 
three or four individuals that have a, a program up and running. With, within two days, they had it up and running in in the wow. um, yeah in the centers <laughs> where they work. So basically, what happens is they're walking away with the music. It's a forty-five minute. Now I'll segue into what autism movement therapy is. It's a forty-five minute class. It's designed specifically for the brain of an individual with autism. I found that I, when I was working in the classroom, when I had just started as a teacher in the classroom and I was I was still getting my credential, my principal came to me and said, well, you know, you're responsible for teaching these children to read. And I said, oh, really? <laughs> um, okay. Um, and I looked out and I saw all my nine little kids third through fifth graders, and looking back at me, and I said, oh, my God, it looks, you know, I'm seeing marshmallows for brains. I'm like seeing these children that are in third, fourth, and fifth grade, this was in 2000, that look like no one had ever asked anything of them. And so they were just, they were not using their brain. I said, oh, and I'm going to teach these children to read. So what I did was I started playing music constantly i always played the 10 years that i that i actually taught in la unified i played music continually in my classroom if i wasn't doing direct instruction you know at the kidney table so to speak uh, the music was playing whenever the kids were working on task individually with their one-on-one one-on-ones or the aides and then we started doing yoga at the end of the day and it got to be where i would come in the morning and the kids would say to me yoga miss lara I was like, bingo, I'm on to something here. They're loving yeah. this yoga and the music, and then we started dancing. I said, you know, there's something to, there's, it's all about how the brain processes the music. It's a different circuit of the brain. And then I began to see that they were able to access the information that I was presenting to them in a different way, of course, but they were accessing it. And I was teaching these kids. I had one little guy who, who I'll never forget. When he came to me, he was rolling on the floor, stimming on the ceiling, very sensory driven. And he was 11 years old. And he and he would prefer to, he would have preferred to be, have been on the floor than anywhere else. And I said, Oh my goodness, I have to get him off the floor. Well, when he left two years later, he was working at a computer, assisting in a general education classroom, and speaking. Oh, he wasn't talking. I forgot to say, he mentioned he wasn't speaking. And we sat at a kidney table the last month of of the year in June, and I said, I explained that they were transitioning. A number of them were transitioning to a middle school setting. And I said, I, will, I won't be going with you, but you will be going to a new school and a new classroom. And Jose said, will you be going with us, Miss Lara? <laughs> and I said, no, but you, I'm here, and you, you, you're welcome to come and visit me anytime you like, and your mother has my number, and you can call me. And he said, I'm going to miss you. Oh, and I thought, you know what, it was, you know, it's, that's, the, those are the moments that we, yeah. you know, as teachers, mm-hmm. as educators, that we live for, you know, because, you know, it's 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 a tough, it's a tough job, and a lot of times it's not rewarding, fulfilling, because of the behaviors and, and everything else that go along with, with the job in, a, in an educational setting, but. Uh, and I, it, it sounds like the, the curriculum that you've created it is is 
the basis for the work, but it sounds like you have a much larger mission. Um, uh, and can you tell us a little bit about that and, 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 and what the big picture is for you guys? Well, well, interestingly enough, the mission, you know, the mission for autism movement therapy, uh, the 501c3, is for all kids with special needs, all kids with autism, to have access to the arts. Right. Five years ago when I started this, I'd go to the parents and I would say, oh, listen, I'm doing an autism movement therapy program. It's movement and music. Oh, it's, we're finding it's so successful with these kids, especially with kids that aren't talking, speech and language, kicking in left side of the brain, broke, the broken, the wernicker, da, da, da. and they'd look at me and they'd go, yeah, but I, I, I'm sorry, we don't have time for that. I want him to talk. Mm-hmm. And I would say, but this is the bridge. So for five years, this is the bridge to the language. Music and movement we know now, and yeah. all of the arts, are really an incredible an incredible bridge to informational patterns in the brain, yeah. cognitive information. And it was such a hard sell. Now, just as of two years ago, it's it's become much, much more. Uh, it, people are embracing the arts. You know, they're embracing theater and and music and and the gifts that our kids have. So my mission has always been. I have a degree in dance. I danced for twenty years, and I danced in New York. I danced. I was a modern dancer. I danced with Louis Falco. Uh, my my passion has always been. My first passion was dance, and then. When I started working with our kids, which it's an interesting story and I'll tell it, I started working with individuals with autism in 1971, wow. which was, uh, you know, still we were still under the Bettelheim theory, which was the refrigerator moms, that the mothers were were causing the, the autism because they didn't want this child while they were carrying it and during the gestational period. And I was a, I was 19 years old. I was at the University of Florida. And I was a psych major, and I did my case study at one of two, of only two that I know of, live-in study groups at a university at that time period. And these kids were living there. They were 11 to 15 years old, and it was a study. It was a research study. And I would go like twice a week and, you know, bring my clipboard and my notebook, and I followed a little guy around who didn't talk. He was about 12 years old. And I'd just kind of sit with him and make notes and things that were, you know, observational notes. And there was one little boy in the corner who was taking apart a, a, a 50s, 1950s radio and putting it back together again. I was like, hey, didn't he do that last week? <laughs> they were like, oh, yeah, he does that every day. And it was like so amazing to me. I was 19 years old. And the the culminating experience was... we. One of the the very last weeks that I was there for the semester, they were having a birthday party, and they were playing musical chairs where you you know da 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 da, and you had to sit down when the music stopped, and if you didn't have a chair, you were out. And all these adults were just pulling these kids around, basically, you know. And um, I was doing the same, and I was pulling him by the sleeve, and I was go, "Come on, buddy, come on, buddy. If you if you don't get the chair, you're gonna be out. You're gonna be out." And he turned around and he looked at me and he said, my name's not Buddy. Uh, And I went, oh, my goodness, I love these individuals. Yes, absolutely. Not not finished. Fast forward to L.A. Unified School District, probably 28, 30 years later. I started out as a substitute teacher. And I got a call in the morning. They said it was for an art class. 
and it was in the valley in Los Angeles and it, at a school, Fulton Middle School. So I got in my car and I drove out and I got to the front office of the school. I said, I'm here for the art class. And she said, we don't need an art substitute. You must mean the art class. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, that's it. I'm thinking, what the heck is an art class? And she said, oh, well, that's way over on the other side. Of, oh, oh, oh. You know, you practically needed a, a, a cab to get to, you know, get to the classroom. I walked to the classroom. I opened the door of this bungalow, walked in, and there sat 12 individuals, moderate to severe individuals with autism. And I went, I'm home. I've come full circle. Oh, you know? that's a great story. Yeah. Um, Joanne, could you tell us a little bit about um, your DVD, the autobiography, and maybe how a little bit about the right-left mapping that goes on in that? Yeah, what we're doing is through through repetition, through um, sequencing and patterning. Um, and, and the DVD is called Autorobics. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's divided into four levels. There's three levels that are scaffolded, level one, two, and three, and then there's a hip-hop uh, level at the end. It's designed for the individual to do it in front of their television monitor like you would a uh, workout, you know, like a workout video. Right. And you do it straight to the to the to the monitor, and it's me and another gal, and we wear it's scaffolded and it's scaffolded in, in that it's the sequencing and the patterning gets more difficult as you progress through the levels, and it's also color coded. So the first level is red is pink and we wear a red cap, and then the second level is blue and the third level is brown, and it works um, um, uh, it works amazingly uh, well. Um, it was everything that I hoped for when I put it together and designed it. Um, I actually was able to do a a study at Stephen Gutstein School. They had a school in Culver City, and I taught there for about eh, a couple of months. And when I took the position, I said I I'd like to I'd like to come on board, but I also want to only if I can do my um, autism movement therapy autoerobics DVD with mm-hmm. the ten of the children every day because I needed to do a study. <laughs> and they said, "Oh yeah, sure, you could do that." So I this divided the kids. Doctor, Doctor Gutstein, the creator of RDI. Yes, yes. Yeah. Gutstein, oh wow. Yes. Stephen Gutstein. It was a school that was opened by um, one of the mothers of um, a child that he worked with, oh. and it was it was up for about it was open for about three years in Culver City here in Los Angeles. Wow. I didn't say wow. that. Um, but but anyway, the, the the good news was we I divided the kids into two groups, and they came to me at like ten fifteen and ten thirty every morning, and I thought, well, this is the telltale, this is the test. Let's see how this goes. And we put the DVD on, and they loved it. And there's oh. points when I look out into the audience and I go, so how did you do? And they would. I was standing right next to them in the middle of these kids, and they would look at the DVD monitor and go, great, we did great. Uh, I said, oh, my goodness, it's fabulous. (laughs) So it's been very successful. I've gotten emails and phone calls from lots of mothers of young children who weren't talking, three- and four-year-olds, who called me or emailed me to tell me that they started talking after they, you know, began doing the autoerobics DVD. So. Um, it's short. They're only 11 and 12 minutes long. Each of the segments is very short, but I put them through the paces with repetition and sequencing and turning and starting and stopping, which we know in Temple Grandin tells us that that activates the areas in the brain that are processing, uh, you know, for academic and language and 
everything else that our brain is wanting to do. So basically, what we're doing is asking a lot more of our kids. And I think that we're understanding now that that's what we need to do. We need to raise the bar really high and ask our kids to come to it. And they can. Absolutely. They can. Absolutely yes. they can. I agree. I agree. And yeah. and you you got you're also working on a documentary with Temple Grandin and Stephen Shore too, right? Dr. Stephen Shore? Mm-hmm. Can you tell Doc, us yeah. a little bit about that um that documentary? Yeah, it's called Generation A Autism in the Arts. We're just about we're just about at the we just about have what we call a rough cut. We've been shooting for about two years. Wow. My director is Barry Shields and we, we've been shooting we have about six kids that are on the spectrum, different varying degrees, lesser or greater degree on the spectrum of, you know, moderate or or, or mild or severe, and some Asperger's kids um, that are gifted in the area of in the art area. Some mm-hmm. singing, some playing instruments, some painting. Uh, it all it's all about the arts. But we went up to Colorado State University and film Temple for about seven hours with her at Colorado State. And then Stephen Shore is a friend of mine, so we've filmed Stephen when he's out here. We've filmed him in New York. We've filmed him all over. So both of T- Temple and Stephen are in the documentary, but the kids are the ones who are so incredibly interesting, you know. Mm-hmm. Temple no, delivers a lot of incredible information, as she always does. But the yeah. kids, following the kids for... We followed them for two years, and you see the improvement in the growth. So wow. we're able to show through the arts how these kids grow and, and their lives change. And you talked about, Sarah, you talked about social communication and social skills and, and how mm-hmm. what a big piece uh, that is for our children. The arts allow that. They just, you know, they are, they are just, you know, just what the doctor asked for. Um well- I was just going to mention I'm excited to see the documentary because it, we can see the readiness and see the physiology change when kids mm-hmm. become available. That's right. And I've like I've seen it through music, through dance, through um through theater performances where where they have the opportunity to engage in that way and they just light up. That's and that's right. my favorite thing. That is my absolute hands down favorite thing. So I'm dying to see that documentary. <laughs> oh, you'll yeah. love it. You'll love it. Um also we see so much so much growth from the parents when, you know, there's always fear in the beginning. Oh, my child could never do that. That's what you first get, you know. Oh, they couldn't do that. Oh, but I explained, but they could, they can, they will. And the joy that these parents get from seeing their children on stage performing is mm. unbelievably beautiful because many of them have never, ever been able to imagine their child in a performance setting. Mm-hmm. And working with other children, singing, dancing on a stage—it's just incredible. It's, there's a whole new movement going on. I think absolutely new movement. Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely a breakthrough coming through, and and you are definitely at the head of that. Um, you have some autism movement therapy classes every week in California. Is that correct? We have them every Saturday from 11:30 to 12:15, unless I'm out of town. I do go out of town. I'm beginning to to take this certification workshop around a lot, a lot actually. And if I'm not in if I'm not in town, of course there's no class. But every Saturday from 11:30 to 12:15 in Van Nuys. And should I give the listeners the address? 
I mean, sure. our, our listeners yeah. are all over the country, though, aren't they? Yeah, but go ahead. That would be good. The address is 15359, 15359 Cohasset Street, Van Nuys, California, 91406. But that information you can also find on my website, which is autismmovementtherapy.org. They can okay. find pictures. Is it dot org or is it dot org or dot com? It's dot. We just changed it to dot org because when I first started, I wasn't a five hundred one c three, and now I, I have been for a number of years. And I thought oh, it needs to be a dot org. So it's a dot org. But if you do dot com or dot org, it takes you to the same. It'll take okay. you to the to the website. And Great. and you you mentioned that you're traveling a lot now, teaching uh, autism movement therapy therapy to others so that they can become practitioners. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, tell us about that and tell us um, sort of what's involved in, 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 in your workshops and how, how we can sort of all learn learn your technique. Well, our next workshop in Los Angeles is June 9th and 10th. Mm-hmm. Everyone come. Please come. <laughs> we, have, we, we have so much fun. We have always i pinch myself a great group of individuals who show up that that are people that are dedicated that are in the field they're ot's they're speech and language they're education specialists they're art therapists in march we had a gal from lesley university who came jane richardson art therapist she goes all over the world she'd just been to china uh, doing art therapy with individuals with autism. She it was incredible. She was great. Uh, Carrie Bowers was there. Carrie's a friend of mine. She's normal, normal films and the art of autism. We get individuals from Canada, from all over the United States and Canada, and it's always amazing. It's an amazing two days together. We spend from 10 to 3 on a Saturday and a Sunday. And oh, my goodness. The, yeah. Hmm? I was saying that sounds so incredibly fun. <laughs> oh, it's it does, doesn't it? It sounds great. I start with a, you should come, you should both come. I, I start with a PowerPoint about the brain and the areas that control the, the gross motor, the audio processing, the visual processing, because many of our, our individuals don't understand that the brain, the brain is the control center. So, and and autism is a neurological a neurological uh, impairment in the brain. So, what we what we have to know is where the greatest impairments lie, and then we have to teach to the deficit. And every child is going to have, to a lesser or greater degree, a deficit, as you know, in the gross motor area, in the speech and language area. And then, of course, we always have behavioral. So you, we need to know where those deficits lie. And for for some reason, I have a gift. I think it's probably a honed gift from spending so many, 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 many years dancing and watching other people move and dance. But what I can see when the children move across the floor is where that deficit is greatest and then work and teach to the deficit through the movement. So that's and, what that's what I'm you, hoping to be able for other people to begin to, 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 to see and begin to learn how to do because it's not just a, a Susie Q dance class. Right. It's really a, a therapy. It really is looking at that brain, looking at the child move from the left side of the room to the right, watching him process, speaking to him while he's moving. Where's the audio processing? Oh, my goodness, he's not hearing me say raise his arms. Okay, we know his audio's at about 20 or 30%. Oh, he heard me say raise his arms, and he raised them while I was 
ah, 90% on that audio. Let's see where the other processing deficit is. It, it, it lies. Mostly speech and language is where we're getting the most success with the autism movement therapy. I, I, I always suspected that would be the case, and it proved to be the case. The brokers and the winnerkers on the left side of the brain are the two areas that control speech and language. Our kids are one-sided, and we know they're right-sided because they all have a speech and language impairment to a lesser or greater degree, or they wouldn't have autism. So what we're doing is jump-starting that bridge, that corpus callosum that, that bridges the left and right hemisphere and getting that transmission of the information over to the left side of the brain and then retrieval of information from long-term and short-term. So that's why we call it a whole a whole brain thinking approach. We're really wow. waking up the brain, and it goes back to me looking at those children and that principal saying, well, you know, you're responsible for teaching these children to read. And uh-huh. I was thinking, God, give me the, you know, somebody sure. answer me here because, like, uh-huh. how? And <laughs> and the answer came, you know. The answer came, and it was through movement and music. And this is what, this is what the, it's so incredible to be able to see these kids, really, their brains wake up. Kids that are not talking talk. Kids that are kids that are, are sensory, sensory overload when they walk into a room. There's too much information. They're not able to process it. To begin to sort out and process through their brain, because the brain will sort itself out if you give it enough information to do so. Mm-hmm. And wow, music that's amazing. It's amazing that you're seeing that transfer you know, even into the classroom. So, you know, you're really teaching them, the, like you're assessing them as you teach them, which is very different than just teaching dance, you know. Absolutely. So, and that's yeah. what I stress when I do the workshops, and certification workshops is, look, we want to look and see. Watch him move from one side to the other. What's, what appendages are not moving? Where are his eyes? Are, when you talk to him, can he hear you when you say arms up? You know, right. all of that is the assessment. So you're conti- you're continually assessing, just like you would in a classroom, mm-hmm. but you're doing it through movement and music. Yeah, and you're so, reading their physiology. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. So I'm Joanna, going to India. I'm going to okay. India. I'd like to comment about that because an OT is bringing me to India. Uh, an individual named Manish. I don't know if I can pronounce his last name. I have to look at this. Joanne, I don't want to cut you off, but we just have a couple more minutes. Oh, okay. I'm going to let you um, finish what you'd like to say the last couple minutes so that our viewers can, you know, get a good feel of the end of the show as well. Okay. Well, I'm going to India, and he's an OT, and he has a child on the spectrum, and he's he's very excited about bringing me there to his clinic. And right at the top, we got the same thing that we that that I used to get here, and that was like, oh well, I don't think the moderate to severe kids that I work with would be able to do that. And mm-hmm. I I start sending over video, you know, I said, what? Have them watch this clip, okay? Let them look at this one, you know. It's it, it's that same old. I think the message I want to leave with the with with the listeners is, you know, it's not doom and gloom and we want to see we want we want to ask the most from our kids so they can be the best that they can be. And if we start out before we even approach some form of of, of, of therapy or art or with, oh, I don't think they can do that, we've just limited what our kids can do. Yeah. So we want to take that out. And we want to we, we want to move to that bar that's higher. 
access to everything we see them wanting access to. Their siblings get to go to soccer and dance and theater and music, but they have to go to another another therapy session. So that needs, you know, we that therapy session needs to be fun and it needs to be motivating and it needs to give that that child a sense of independence and self-determination. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um Sarah, do you have any last things that you'd like to comment on or Ask. Well, I would just love for you to reiterate the website one more time because I think people are going to really want to go and 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 learn more about what you're doing. Okay, perfect. It's autismmovementtherapy.org. Org. Great. It okay. was so great to meet you. Yes. So both nice of you. to speak with you, and you know, your love for you to come to the workshop. It's June 9th and 10th, and all your listeners as well. It's uh, we have three a year, so. And and they're welcome to email me. My email is on the on the website under contact. So if anyone has any further questions, please email me or call me. I'm I'm available. I'm I'm accessible to everyone. Okay, thank you so much, Joanne and Sarah. It's been a pleasure speaking with both of you. Thank you. Thank guys. you. Great. Okay. Have a good Bye-bye. night. You too. Bye-bye.